What's up, everyone? Welcome to week seven of the Syndicates. Just Eddie and Vic this week. John is unable to make it, unfortunately. Uh, I think he's a little scared of the teasers we've been hitting and his no dip theory just kind of <laughs> going down the drain. Vic, man, I knew we were two and one in the picks last week, but this these teasers, is it the new move? Is this the move we got to start making now? <laughs> we've been hitting, man. We, we're... Uh... One and oh for sure, and then possibly uh one zero and one, depending on John's grading. But they're going well so far, man. We gotta uh you know definitely drop another teaser this week too. So when we're going through the games, let's spot out our, our teaser pick or maybe at the end. And uh John couldn't be here today. Uh we wish him well. He's he's got some stuff he's taking care of, but he did send us his pick of the week. So for our listeners, we'll make sure you guys know what it is at the end and then survivor pick i got one for this week uh your squad but we'll talk about it later too so i'll let you kick it off eddie i like it so we got a thursday night matchup man these thursday night games have just not been good and the one good one we were supposed to get was last week with the bills and chiefs and that one didn't even get played on thursday so yeah now we got the giants on the road there plus four and a half against the eagles in philadelphia Man, I have never seen a team like the Philadelphia Eagles with so many injuries. Uh, I just I was looking at someone posted on Twitter last week the people that Carson Wentz are playing with. It is down to like third string almost everywhere on the offensive line, tight end, wide receivers. Like he is missing everybody. I feel bad for that guy. Yeah. I just, I, I, me personally in this spot here, you gotta, I gotta kind of lean with the giants and I see there's a lot of money coming in on the Eagles, uh, public money. It looks like, right. It, it, it's, uh, it's interesting because like you have a lot of the public. Yeah. 65% of the public's on the Eagles money's also on the Eagles now, but that's changed a lot since like Sunday. So like Sunday, I like to go through the lines when they release usually, Jeff Sherman at the Westgate or Alan Berg at Caesars will post them like Sunday night. And I like go through them. And when this line dropped, it was six and a half or even seven I saw. And then I was like immediately in my book, I took the Giants just because I was like, man, there's no way that this is going to be that line come game time. And at that time, the money was on the Giants and the public was on Philly. But now I think money's coming back on the Eagles at four and a half, right? Because that's such a big big difference in the line, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Philly's uh, devastated with injuries. Giants have looked okay. Uh, this is a tough game, man. I already bet on them again early, but I don't know if I like the Giants at like four, four and a half, right? Um, the the reason why is like as bad as Philly's been decimated, they've played some really good teams the last couple of weeks and they've hung in there. I mean, they were dominated by the Ravens last week, but they had that backdoor cover. Same thing with the Steelers. Like, they actually were neck and neck with the Steelers until like three minutes to go in that game. They didn't cover that game, but they were in that game for sure. So I, I don't know, man. I don't have a pick right now at this line. I did take it early, but that's not fair to the listeners. Um, but I can see why you like the Giants. The only thing I will say is Djax and Lane are coming back for Philly. And then Scott's a pretty good backup for Miles Sanders, right? Um, he's been there before and we've seen him do well. So I would be a little cautious um, on back in the Giants at like four. But what do you think with those guys coming back? Do you still like it? 
Yeah, I don't think it's enough to kind of move the line too much. But, you know, when you think about looking at these two teams, we always say to compare them to team A to team B. And, you know, what makes Philly better than the Giants at this point? I mean, I know they're at home for this one. Carson Wentz, I think, is obviously a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. But other than that, I mean, this with the injuries, there's a lot of things I think I would kind of go in favor of the Giants in this spot here. So, you know, Thursday night, primetime game. They just got their first win of the season last week. I could see maybe a little momentum carrying over. But, yeah, uh, you know, I think anything over three would probably be a lean to the Giants for me. And then once you get under three or at three, I probably would stay away from it just because, I mean, Philly's got one win. They freaking tied the Bengals and just, <laughs> they just haven't looked good, man. No, so, no, they haven't. I think we talked about it last week too when it was like Washington Giants. We were just like, hey, when it's two bad teams, like just take the points, right? Or especially in this division. And that's how that Redskins-Giants game played out, right? It was literally anybody's game, one point, came down to the last play. And I, I think it's going to be similar to today. So I agree with you. I liked, I just liked getting more points. But, yeah, I have it as like a three-point game. Um, so I, I like that, man. I'll, I'll be rooting for the Giants tonight. Side note, what do you think the division, the winner of this division finishes? <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts man of course if you live on twitter you know every single person that's posted uh the nfc east record right um like team records and uh a lot of people were taking some long shots to win i like out of all these teams that i've seen i actually like the redskins like chase young and their d line is awesome i Ooh. like their uh the red, I like the, uh, I, yeah, I know. Washington <laughs> football team. I, I got fined because remember we talked about that. Uh, the Washington football team, man, uh, they, they look good to me that I like their coach and I like their D line and Chase Young is a beast. And I'll, I'll probably be on them later when we go through that Redskins game. But I think it's worth taking a flyer on them. I don't think anybody should be a favorite to win this division. Who do you like? I am off the Cowboys after watching them call it recency bias, but I just cannot back that team. Every time I watch the Giants play, Daniel Jones has a turnover. Um, Philadelphia is just, you already talked about it. So I, I like the skins, man. I don't know. What are you thinking? Not the skin, the, the WFT. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, that's such a tough pick. You got to think that like one of these teams is eventually going to kind of turn on some sort of switch and be good because there is some talent in the division here. And uh, I, I just, I don't know. Cause I don't trust Kyle Allen as much. So if I had to pick gun to my head, man, I, I don't think any of these teams deserve it, but I'd probably say the, the Eagles somehow get it done. I don't know how, I don't know what they do, but I just gotta go. I'll, I'll go with the best quarterback in this case. So uh, I'll, I'd probably say the Eagles and, you know, I'd set the over under at five and a half wins for the team that wins this division. But yeah, I, that, I, go, I go six wins gets done. Yeah, that, that's, I think where, where we get it. So there'll probably be uh, the worst division that ever has played in the NFL when the season ends. So we'll see how it comes down in the stretch, but all right, we'll move over to the one o'clock games now. We got Cleveland at Cincinnati. Uh, 
I was all over Pittsburgh last week. That was one of my favorite games of the week. They uh, Browns are minus three and a half on the road at the Bengals. Bengals have been playing really tough. Like you can tell that they just don't have the talent yet, but they they're in games. They are hanging around in all these games. They came out with the 21, nothing lead against the Colts last week, let them come back. But uh, you know, I was not a big Joe Burrow believer coming out of college, but he's been impressive so far. So if anything here, uh, I would probably go with the Bengals as a slight lean, not anything I'm probably going to play this week. Mayfield is just someone I can't trust right now. I was never a fan of his coming out of college. And I think basically the Steelers just said last week, we're going to take away the run, let Baker Mayfield beat us. Just like I kind of thought they would on the, the pod last week and, he did not perform well at all. So anything you like in this one? It's tough, man. I, I can see both angles to this. I know a lot of like smart, respected guys taking hammering Cleveland. Um, but every time I watch the Bengals play, they really impress me. Like I, I love Burrow. He seems to always cover. The one thing that I will say that Cleveland has going for them is like I've seen Baker against teams that can get to him and have pass rush. And I've seen him play with teams that don't have pass rush. Right. And again, I know this is like for any quarterback that's out there, but in general, like Baker more than everyone, you know, there's like articles and film now that say like, anytime he gets pressured, he rolls to the right. Like teams know a lot of different things, right. After watching video for a year and his numbers just against pass rush and without pass rush are just like night and day. And so the Bengals, where are they going to generate the pass rush from, right? Like they, all their big guys are kind of either injured or uh, having some like contract beef or not want to get out of the squad. So I don't know. I think this is a bounce back game, but who knows if he's healthy too, right? Like I, I want to, this is a game where I'm going to check the injury report the next couple of days. Cause I do think Cleveland should be able to score easily on the Bengals. Right. Um, but at the same time, Burrow's been really, really good. So I actually don't have a pick on this game, but I see both sides of it. Do you like this game enough to the point where you're actually going to bet it? No, I definitely won't bet this one. But if I had to lean, I'd probably lean the Bengals in this spot just because you're getting the three and a half. Yeah. And they've been hanging around tough in a lot of these games. I don't think Cleveland's talented enough to blow them out like uh, the Ravens did a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Next up, you hinted at this game. We have the Washington football team at home against the struggling Dallas Cowboys. Uh, This one opened up at plus three for the Washington football team. Now it is down to pick them in a lot of spots. So, Vic, I know you kind of mentioned that you had some thoughts you wanted to talk about on this game. So I'll let you kick this one off. Yeah, so – Again, this kind of goes against some of the stuff that me, you, and John talk about for the last few years when we do this pod, like recency bias, right? But the Dallas Cowboys just looked so putrid. I, I don't know. Did you watch the whole game or no? Yeah, but there were some times at the end when I knew Arizona was going to win where I watched uh, another show that me and my wife liked. So <laughs> not going to lie, I did turn it off. I was a little pissed off from the Bills game earlier too, so I just kind of needed a mental break from – from football for about a half hour no that's fair the only reason i ask you is because like at the end of the game there was like the cowboys drive that was like the longest drive in history where they kept throwing 
like a fade to Gallup. It would be a pass interference. It would do it all over again. It, it was literally like this 18 play drive. It did result in a touchdown, but I think it was like Bob Greasy and he goes like, or Brian Greasy and he goes, this is the worst 17 play drive I've, in my life that I've ever seen. And it was like literally the worst thing. And then he go, he started, keeps going like, I don't know why fans are still here. And then they pan to the guy who was crying. Remember that yep. you've seen it, right? So yeah, and that just like to me was like watching that game. I was like, why am I watching this? And two, like, I don't see how the Dallas Cowboys win against good teams for the rest of the season. Like it was that bad. So long story short, like I like Washington in this spot, even though it is a little recency bias. But in my opinion, one, the public's all over Dallas. They still think a Washington sucks. The Cowboys have weapons. Uh, so 70% of the the public is on Dallas, but the defensive line versus offensive line to me is going to be the key in this game. And Washington football team's D line with Chase Young is going to eat Andy Dalton. And I just don't see it. This is not the same Dallas O line and they lost a couple more guys. So I think WFT is going to roll in this game and the line has jumped a lot. It's even to like WFT minus one at some spots. So I like the Washington football team. Sorry for the long, uh, you know, tribute, dialogue, whatever you want to call it there, rant, but I'm on WFT. What about you? Yeah, man, I'm exactly the same way as you. And I did see that drive at the end. That was one of the times I did turn it back. And yeah, that one was ugly. And I was thinking to myself, you know, they threw a whole bunch of fades to Michael Gallup. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have been following what Mike McCarthy has been preaching about how he's so into analytics now, blah, 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 all this stuff. But if you know football, the fade is the most inefficient play in football. So I don't know why Mr. Analytic is throwing that play, you know, three different times to to Gallup, but Hey, whatever suits them. And they, they got the score on it. So a lot of it was based on flags that they were getting all the way down the field. But yeah, I, I do like, Washington in the spot here, mostly because of what you said, the injuries on the Dallas offensive line. I think their two tackles last week were undrafted rookie free agents. Yeah. And now you have, you know, Washington who has a really good defensive line coming in and or actually Dallas is coming to them. So I think we're going to be in uh, a pretty good spot. And this does go, against what we think where a team is embarrassed on national TV. A lot of times they go out hard in the next game, but I feel like if Dallas were to ever have gone hard, it would have been that last game. So that, you know, rallying for Dak type of thing. That exactly. should have, they should have had so the, much. Yeah. That was the spot, right? Yeah. And they now, should have had so much motivation for that. And then like, uh, again, I, in this situation, I think like this, the WFT, I have to pause myself, has a better coach, has a better D-line, and is at home. I know that doesn't mean much this year, but uh, all those reasons point to WFT for me. Yeah, I like it. No, this was one game that I kind of was looking at, but I didn't want to bet, but now I think I'm definitely going to bet after chatting about it. So uh, the 80-plus percent that are on the Cowboys have fun with that one. We're going to be on the Washington football team. Yeah. All right, so – Next up, I see on my list here, it's Pittsburgh and Baltimore, but I know that game got moved. So we're going to go to Detroit and Atlanta. And man, this is when I wish John was on because I wanted to talk to him about <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> it's his team that he loves versus his team that he hates. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. 
Uh, it was Detroit plus three. Now it's down to two and a half. Um, I don't know about you, but this game kind of reminds me of that Bears game a couple weeks ago when they came to Atlanta. And um, just kind of how that line moved and uh, the Bears ended up winning that game, pulling it out. But I don't know. Last week was the spot, I guess, for the Falcons to kind of that first game off of your head coach getting fired, rally around. They played really well. I don't know if we get that same effort here, if that's going to continue. But uh, if anything, I would probably I'd probably lean Detroit in this spot. I really like how they're playing now that they're getting a little healthy. Galladay was out in the beginning. Now they got all their wide receivers back. Um, so I would probably lean Detroit. I wish I had the three. Didn't get the three, but two and a half right now is probably where I lean. Probably not something I'm going to bet, though. So anything you like in this one? It's tough because I do like Detroit, like you said. I mean, public's 50-50, money's 50-50. It's, uh, the line's bouncing around. I see it down to like minus one, one and a half in some spots. Looking at it, just I like Detroit. The only thing that scares me is a little bit of a fishy line, kind of like you pointed out, right? It was like Bears were undefeated and they were going to Atlanta, but Atlanta was favored, right? This was like same thing. You got a one and five Atlanta squad, but somehow they're favored over a Lions team that has been playing better. So it's a little bit of a fishy line. That's why I wish John was on. Um, this might be one where I like, I've been doing some live betting. I don't know about you this season. Um, but when I have a game like this, I might see like who scores first and kind of how the game's going. And if I can get either of these sides at like plus four, I might jump on it while watching the game. So I'll probably sit it out when it comes to pregame bet. But I like I lean the Lions early. We'll talk to John, you know, for our listeners, maybe we'll talk to John offline and we'll tweet something out if you like something on this game. I like it. So probably when we're going to sit out, we'll wait to get a little more uh, insight from John and then maybe make a decision on if we're going to play it. But next up is a game I know you like, Vic, where we have the Carolina Panthers now plus seven and a half at the Saints. Uh, this game was maybe going to be moved to Baton Rouge, but New Orleans was kind of playing a little poker with the uh, city of New Orleans, where they wanted to get some fans in the stadium, and they did. Only 3,000, though, so I'm not really sure what they accomplished by that. Uh, I think they were allowed like 700 before, so what's another 2,300 going to do, really? But, hey, they got what they wanted, I guess. So now this game is going to be played in New Orleans at the Superdome. Uh, this one here, I'll let you kick it off because this is a no game you like, so you go ahead and go first. Yeah, I actually love the Panthers in this spot, man. I think seven and a half points is way too much. The Panthers have been a pretty good team, man. They've they've been in every game. Teddy Bridgewater as a dog is all I, I forget what the record it is, but it's something insane. Um, I know you're good with some stuff like that, but Teddy Bridgewater as a dog, to me, their offense is good enough and their defense is solid to where this game, I have it as like a four to five point game in my opinion so and Michael Thomas we were talking a little offline this morning popped up with like a hamstring injury now so they were saying he was over the you know team issues he was over his other injury and now he got hurt via his hamstring this morning so without him again this offense is very different I know you're you follow the Saints more than a lot of people so I'll, I'll see what you think but this is another Joe's versus pros kind of game you got 60 percent of the public on New Orleans, but you got 70% of the money on the Panthers. And this line is coming down a little bit. It's down to seven in a lot of books from seven and a half. 
and, and I got it at seven and a half, but I like it at seven as well. I think this, this is another game that the Panthers are just a team that don't usually get blown out. That's going to come down to the fourth quarter. So I like getting points in this spot. The only thing I'm waiting on, again, something we talked about offline, but Panthers kicker and one of their old linemen, Sly and Scott, they got put on the reserve COVID list because they self-reported that they came in contact with someone who was positive for COVID. So they're still getting tested. I mean, those are two really, really big guys, right? The, the, their kicker's been great this year and old lineman's been solid. So uh, I'm going to kind of wait till today to see what happens. But I like the Panthers. How about you? You usually have a good sense of what's going on in Saints Nation. So I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, I mean, this year, honestly, I haven't, had as good of a feel for them as I have in years past. Um, but th- I think the Panthers is the right play in this spot here. And uh, Saints coming off a of bye, they, I think they really wanted to get Michael Thomas back. But there's just something not right about this team this year. And I don't know what it is. They kind of got lucky to uh, get their last win. I think it was the one on Monday Night Football. Yeah, against the Chargers. So, you know, they, they, they scooted out of that win. Um, the one against the Lions, they started off rough. The only good one that they've had right now is the Bucks, And I just think that that was kind of an easy game in the beginning of the season for us to to pick out. But, man, they, they just haven't looked good. And I don't know what it is. I think it's the defense. And we talked about it a lot where these certain teams not having crowds in the stand have been, have been impacted by. It. And I think this is really one of the things because their defense feeds off the energy of that stadium so much. And just the energy of the crowd in general, uh, yeah. whether it be home or away. So I think that's why their defense has been struggling so much. And a lot of people have been pointing to the offense, but the offense is still putting up a lot of points. So um, I would definitely lean the Panthers in this spot because they've always played them pretty tough in the past. And uh, Carolina's sneaky good. So I think Teddy covers or yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy two gloves. You think he's coming back to kind of make a little point against his former team. That's the, um, that was the last question I was going to ask you is like, do you, buy like revenge game narratives in the NFL like I buy them in the NBA I see I see it all the time where guys get traded and they come back in that one game they'll go off for sure but like NFL and then the the other thing is like Jimmy G or Teddy B like he's in a better spot like why would he want to be in NOLA as a backup when he's got he's the starting quarterback and he's got them playing well like he's playing well the team's doing well he's the main guy like is there really a revenge factor in this game? No, I, I don't buy the revenge thing for players. I do buy it more for teams, which I'll, I'll touch on in a minute. But, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, he was actually a free agent a year ago. I don't know if you remember, but I think he had an agreement with the Dolphins to go be yeah. their starting quarterback. Then he actually ended up going back to New Orleans. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he liked he liked it there. He enjoyed his time. But, you know, with how he played last year, I don't think he could go back because the market was just way too high for him and he had to capitalize on it. So exactly like he got paid and he's the man and his team's doing well. Like why? I mean, I saw it floated out there a couple times on the Internet. So I'm just wondering, like, why is this a revenge game? Like, it seems like things worked out great for him. It actually didn't work out for Nola, in my opinion. They like paid the wrong backup. But that's a different discussion for a different day. Right. So definitely. Yeah. And uh I mean, Panthers have played better without Christian McCaffrey in the four games he's been missing. They're three and one. They only lost last week to the Bears, but I know that's crazy. And they could have won that game too. Mm-hmm. So they've been 
I don't know if it's just like a, you know, more spread it around team type of thing or what, but they're starting to gel pretty well. So I think getting seven and a half here, anything over the touchdown is really good in this spot. So I definitely like the Panthers here. Um, there was one other thing I was going to say about this game. Uh, oh yeah. Revenge thing. I don't buy revenge like individual players, but I do buy it for like teams. Uh, one example goes back probably about 10 years ago when Rex Ryan was with the Jets. And I think it was like towards the end of the season, the Jets got destroyed by the Patriots. And then they ended up beating the Patriots in the playoffs, just kind of like yeah. reverse. I think there's sometimes in division or, you know, like maybe if, for example, the Ravens play the Chiefs in the playoffs again, might be a little bit of a revenge factor there. Like, oh, hey, they blew us out on Monday night. Let's go get them. I can see those type of circumstances, but for individual players, no, I don't think it's enough of an impact, even if it's a superstar quarterback. That makes sense. Next up, we got the Bills at the Jets. This one opened up minus 10 and a half. Now it is to minus 13. The Jets are just horrible. Uh, last week, getting destroyed by the Dolphins. Uh, one quick note, I had a buddy who had a lot of money on the team total for the Dolphins over 27 and a half. And yeah, that I don't know if you watched that game, but it was like twenty-one nothing after the. Yeah, I did. That was brutal. And, and they had like two picked points. off in the red zone, right? Too. Yeah, three points the rest of the game. So that was a that was a bad beat. But uh, anyway, the Jets they just looked bad. I think the Bills are going to be kind of motivated to, you know, play well after two straight losses and get back on track. So I'm not sure why this line has jumped up. As much as I love the Bills, I'm not going to play this game. Don't really have too much insight on this one either so uh this is probably a pass for me but if anything it's like leaning to the bills just because who's going to back the jets right now but anything you got in this one yeah uh I, this is going to be my survivor pick of the week that's why i like uh i'm still in it and i like usually when john's on because uh we've both been picking similar games but i know it's going to be like everyone's going to be on the bills but some weeks i feel like you just have to kind of move on and find some value next week um exactly because of the reasons you said bills coming off of two losses against two good teams. And, and now they get a jets team that it's like a get right game for them. Right. Um, so I just am scared of laying 14 points. I know that's like old philosophy and maybe this year, all of our old stuff is out the door, but like 14 points on the road. This is one of those games that rem might remind me of the last week where the Ravens were up like 20, points and then they just like, like put it into cruise control right because doesn't buffalo have who do they have next the Pat, pats right mm -hmm. so, so they that, have a really tough schedule coming up i think it's new england and then i think seattle's after that so yeah i mean if they get up in this game like they might rest some of the guys that have been injured right just things like that so and then you have a backdoor but flacco's been so bad if it was darnold i, I would actually like getting two touchdowns with the jets it wouldn't be that but um but i'll, I'll go bill's kind of survivor and skip out on laying the 14. You know, I one one thing is I know people, uh, people get on Sam Darnold, but when he does not play, they have not won a game since he's been drafted. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. th their team is that bad. It so is. I just, I feel so bad for that guy. I mean, him and Carson Wentz are just two guys where, you know, I, I think they have the talent to be franchise quarterbacks, but there's just only so much you can overcome when you're. Let me ask you a crazy position. question. If you are the Jets and you get the first pick, which they are on track to get unless some miracle happens and you have the same people in place running the squad. So I'm talking Adam Gase and, 
you know, whoever else, would you take Trevor Lawrence or would you trade that pick for a haul? Well, let me kind of flip this back on you and say, I'm Trevor Lawrence's <laughs> father. I'm telling his ass to go to Clemson or pull Eli Manning because yeah. I am not going to the Jets. I don't care like okay. what the circumstances are. That is true. Like for me, <laughs> I mean, there's like Trevor Lawrence is one of those guys. There hasn't been a lot of them, but like the first time I even saw him play against Alabama, I'm like, dude, I, and you know, I don't watch as much college football as you and John, but when I saw him play, I was like, this kid is the real deal. So I do think he's one of those guys that you take no matter what and try to build around. But at the same time, if it's going to be Adam Gase and like, it's going to be Sam Darnold all over again, but even worse, right? Kid's going to get killed. Mentally, he's not going to be in there uh, and they might ruin him. So I would like to see the Jets like clean house, bring in an actual football, like good coach and then take them and then see what happens. Cause I think the kid is that good. Uh, but you're right, man. I mean, why would you want to go there if you are him and his family and uh, his agent? So that will be something that's definitely interesting to watch when it comes closer to draft time. Yeah. And I, I would agree with you though. I think Trevor Lawrence would be the move is the, to draft him. Cause he's a once in a lifetime kind of prospect that comes along, uh, you know, and then you move Sam Darnold to hopefully get some assets to, kind of fill in some holes. And I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be moving off their quarterback in the off season. So maybe, you, you know, you can send them to a team like Atlanta or something and get like a, an early second round pick somewhere that like a team like that, maybe Pittsburgh wants them if Ben retires, anything like that. There's, so there's a lot of, be a lot of older quarterbacks that are stepping out of the league that will need a fill in. So I think Indy could be a good spot for Donald too. So. Yeah. Or Chicago. I mean, yeah, look at there. See, there's a lot of lot of. You're right. I mean, there's a lot of squads. I still think I'm with you. I still think he's a good quarterback. I think as long as he gets put in a good situation, he will do well. He's super young, super talented. I've seen a lot of good things from him. So it would be fun to see him on a different squad. Definitely. Next up, we got the Packers at the Houston Texans. Um, this game here is minus three and a half for Green Bay. Uh, opened up at minus three kind of sprung up a little bit um you know I would like the Texans here in this spot the one thing that scares me is how bad the Packers got embarrassed last week so I'm gonna let you kick this one off first just because I don't I don't know how I feel about this one yet and I want to see if you have anything interesting about this game I actually like a little bit of a squarish pick as john says he always makes these square overs this is a game where i like the over um i mean it's going to be like fireworks i if it was any other squad than houston at home i would take them against aaron Rodgers because again that's why we're, i was on the box last week him again playing his first good defense on the road i thought it was a perfect spot for a letdown for them but I just don't see the Houston defense kind of stopping Aaron Rodgers for putting up points. So I actually like the over because I think Houston's going to be able to put up points. The, the Packers, again, their defense is bottom 10 in every category, and they had missed three really good receivers. We talked about it last week. So I don't see them stopping anybody. I think this is a juicy matchup for both squads. It's 25th and 30th ranked pressure defense versus quarterbacks that are awesome without getting pressured. I think they're ranked third and fourth. And uh, I see both of these teams putting up a lot, a lot of points. So I'll probably skip the side. I like the over um, public wise. If you're just looking, it's a little bit towards green Bay. You got about 60% of the public on green Bay. You also got a, a lot of money on green Bay. 
uh, and the line's pretty much at three and a half across the board. It hasn't moved. So that Texans beat last week, if you're on Texans, that was pretty brutal. Uh, but their Watson and their offense show that they can score. I just don't have enough faith in their defense to take them in this spot, especially off of a Packers loss. So that's how what I see in this game. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm going to pass on this one after that, just because I think we're kind of on the same wavelength where I, I just don't know how Houston is going to get the win here. I don't like to be on the square side. I think Green Bay could is going to come back pretty strong after how they played last week. But, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers has never been a good road quarterback in his career. It's like he's, his home and road numbers are night and day. Uh, so we could get road Aaron Rodgers here, but he's playing a little bit better on the road this year, probably because of the no crowd thing. So, you know, the New Orleans game and how he played there. But uh, how about that Jerome Boger impact last week with the with the penalties, <laughs> man? Most penalized team in the league goes from, you know, top in the league in penalties to zero penalties in a game, the home team for the Bucks. So seven, <laughs> seven to, to zero in terms Jerome of- Jerome Boger, baby. That's why we were on the Bucks. That's why you got to listen to this pod, right? Yep. Only going to find that stuff here, but hey, um, he is off this week, by the way. So there's no game for him. I think he's got to buy. Well deserved after the money he made us last week. Next up is a game that got rescheduled from two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Pittsburgh at Tennessee. This line opened Pittsburgh minus one and a half, two and a half in some spots. Now it is Pittsburgh plus one. A lot of love for the Tennessee Titans here. I'm going to let you go first on this one as well, just because I, I have a side that I lean, but I want to kind of get some confirmation first. So I'll let you go first here. Yeah. I mean, this is a crazy, something happened last night because this line moved a lot, a lot. So a three point swing in 24 hours. So a lot of money came in on Titans and it looks like that. I'm looking at the sports insights website right now. So you got 60% on Pittsburgh of public but 85% of the money is on Tennessee and that's what's causing that three point swing. So I don't know. Pittsburgh has been playing really, really well. Um, the Titans look like a really good squad, man. And what Vrabel did last week just shows how good of a coach he is. Right. I, I I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, Warren Sharp posted it. A couple other people posted just him saving time to be able to come back and win that game. So I like the Titans, man. I think they're a better squad, but I will say their injuries is what concerns me. Taylor Lewan getting hurt. I know that's John's boy uh, from Michigan. Uh, that's huge because now that side, his backup's got to go up against Watt, right? And and so now it's going to be a little bit of a different game, but Derrick Henry's a beast. Uh, I love Tannehill. I still think Mitch Trubisky is going to be Tannehill in, in seven years. I don't know if we this pod will still be around. Someone can uh, star it. But uh, I think he's going to be a good starter one day in a different city. Um, but I, I like the I like everything about the Titans, man. To me, I, again, they don't win pretty. They don't win by a lot of points. There are some games they should have already lost this year. Uh, but I like the Titans in this spot, man. I think they are the better balanced football team. Uh, but I know a lot of sharp people that are on the Steelers as well. Yeah, and I think I'm going to be one of those people on the Steelers um the reason for that is I just think I think Tennessee's a really good football team um but we're going to kind of see that strength on strength thing again where we have the, one of the better run defenses in the NFL go against one of the better run offenses and I think we saw 
last week, just kind of how that works out a lot of the time where I think Cleveland actually has a better run game technically than the Titans do. So um, one of the things here as well is Pittsburgh also has some injuries. They lost Devin Bush, their linebacker. I think he also tore his ACL. So uh, he's out for the season. That's a big loss for them. That is one thing that does concern me. I think Tennessee, if you look at their games the past three weeks, it's just they've they've been in actually pretty much all season. They've been in a lot of coin flip games where the coin is just flipped their way. If you look at their game against the Broncos, last second field goal game against the Jags, last second field goal. Uh, or no, I think it was a lot, under two minutes against the that one. And then against the Vikings was under two minutes as well. Uh, they did beat the Bills pretty handily, but I talked about that one, how that score didn't technically reflect, you know, what that, how that game turned out. And then last week, I mean, they, if Mike Vrabel doesn't do that genius move to get him an extra 30 or 40 seconds, they're going to lose that game too, because they scored a touchdown with four seconds left. So all these coin flips are just going their way. And I think this is when we finally have them meet a team that is, kind of their match. And I think this is where Pittsburgh gets the win. So I like the Steelers in this spot here. The one thing that does concern me is that injury to Devin Bush on defense. So uh, I think we'll see what that looks like, but um, yeah, I, I think the Steelers are the play in this one here for me. So well, it's okay. We can disagree sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Next up, man, I wish John was here for the first best four Oh five special of the year, man. I love this next game. This is going to be, I'll hint at it. It's going to be my pick of the week, but Arizona is plus three and a half against the fraudulent Seattle Seahawks, man. Vic, if I told you who's got the worst defense in the NFL, instantly everybody's got to think Cowboys, right? That's what the media tells you. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -mm. Nope. It's Seattle. Historically bad, historically bad defense. They give up 447 yards per game and it's worse than like, I remember there was a year, I think when maybe Sean Payton was suspended with Saints defense was just like Swiss cheese. There was a year when the Cowboys defense was really bad a couple of years ago. Nah, this Seattle defense is worse. So they just get saved every week by the magic of Russell Wilson. Well, welcome to the magic of Kyler Murray because I'm all over the Cardinals here. Give me the three, give me the hook. These teams always play each other tough. Even when, you know, one is good, one is bad both good always play really tough matchups here so i love the cardinals in this spot i'm gonna be all over this one plus the three and a half already bet it if you can get fours get fours but yeah i I just love the cardinals offense in this spot here i think they're really going to take advantage of that defense and hopefully get too big of a lead that russell wilson can't pull out all the magic rabbits that he does every week so i'll let you take it away and uh give us your thoughts on this game yeah uh Man, I don't know. This is one that you love, right? Oh, yeah. This is like one of your pick of the weeks, right? It might be. Uh, yeah. And so I see both sides of it. I do think that this is like going to be all the public is going to be on this side, but then like a lot of sharps are going to be on this side as well um, because of the shorter week and because of their defense. But I don't know. I, I'm with you. Uh, I'll, I trust you in this spot and I like them as well in this spot. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you on this side, I don't have a very, very like strong angle in this game. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I told you like, as soon as I saw the lines come out, I think from 
Jeff Sherman yeah, posted yeah, on you, Sunday you night. Sunday, yeah, I know that. That was the game I saw, and I was just like, give me that one. So it's one of those games I saw and just knew right away that that was going to be one that I liked. And then this next one here, San Francisco at New England. Let me ask you one thing, sorry, yeah. before we move on. Like, do you think that they can get the stops needed in the fourth quarter? The Cardinals? Yeah, that's the only thing that concerns me a little bit. Uh, I don't know if they can get the stops, but I think they can keep pace. Okay, that's fair. Perfect. That, as long as they do that, then this, they just got to win in the shootout, right? Like, they just need to come through and score enough points. I they, I just, again, this – I mean, we, you know this because we always bet against this guy, and this guy always makes us lose, like, somehow, <laughs> some way, fourth and seven, this and that, like, in the fourth quarter. So I, I do agree with all of your points, and I do like the card that just – I'm a little nervous. I think it's like PTSD. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how we are with the Falcons with them burning us when we bet them and same way with Seattle when we bet against them. So uh, I think that since we're getting the hook there, I think that's, that's going to help us out a lot. Uh, So like I said, as long as they can keep pace with them, I think we'll be in good shape and keep it pretty close for, uh, you know, a fourth quarter magical run by Russell Wilson where, he pulls out like a three-point win. Hey, we still got the hook and we get the dub. Next up. Would you put, okay, last question. Would you yeah, put yeah. some money line? Would I put what on money line? Would you put some money on the money line? Um, Yeah, I would because I think Seattle's got to lose a game eventually. So yeah. they're not going to go 16-0. to 0. So put a little bit, not a lot. Majority of your bet has got to go on the, the three and a half, especially that number. It's just so good. We'll so, see if John uh, John likes it as his four or five special. We'll text him and tweet it if it is. I like it, but I know he does like this next game. San Francisco <laughs> at New England. This one is it's like a buy low sell high thing, man. New England was minus three when this line initially came out. It's down to minus two, two and a half in some spots. Uh, I figured that most people would be on the 49ers after seeing their performance last week. I don't know if they're still a little sketched out from what happened with the Dolphins two weeks ago. Um, but you know, New England just lost at home to, uh, the Broncos last week. So I kind of figured a lot more people would be on the 49ers, but I'm seeing this is just what I got. You might have something different, but majority of the money in the tickets are on the Patriots. So the public's like literally 50, 50, it's 52% San Fran, but 53% of the money is on the Patriots. So it's pretty split down the even, man. I, I see both sides of it. I'll let you give your thoughts, but I mean, quick look at it. I know John likes the Patriots. I like the Patriots too. I think it's a uh, kind of buy low, sell high, recency bias. And then last week's New England game was a little tricky. They had a lot of guys miss because of like injuries, COVID, their practice facility was shut down. Now, Cam's had time to, to recover. They get a lot of key guys back this week. Practice has been as usual. So I like the path in the spot. The old Patriots, this would be like an automatic play where we wouldn't even think about it, right? But what, what are you thinking? Me and John are on the Pats. Oh, yeah, we're going three for three on this one. I'm mm-hmm. all over the Pats as well. Uh, just because, like I said, buy low, sell high. New England just came off a bad loss. San Francisco just came off a good win in prime time. Now we match those two together. San Francisco's got to go all the way over to the East Coast again, which I know they're 2-0 and over there. But Giants and Jets are a lot different than the Patriots. So, uh, yeah, they got to go all the way over to the East Coast. And then I don't know if they – do they have their bye next week? Oh, no, they got to go to Seattle next week. So, I mean, 
this game, I don't think you could ever call a look ahead game on the Patriots, but I mean, when you got Seattle on deck, that's a much bigger game than the Patriots, you know, non division, non conference opponent, not really going to impact them too much. So uh, I am all over new England in this spot. I actually like this one a lot now that we talk about it. So yeah, give me the Patriots. I will gladly be all over them. I like it. Three for three. Yes, sir. Uh, next two games, bleh, not too good. Um, Kansas City at Denver. I do not have an opinion on this game. I'm not going to bet it. It is minus nine and a half for the Chiefs on the road. So, yeah, just I'm going to skip that one unless you got anything on it. No, I don't, man. I actually I, I hate taking this many laying this many points on the road, but I actually like KC in this spot. I think they can go crazy. Um, but no, I, I'm skipping it. You At least for now. You don't think they're going to look ahead to the Jets? <laughs> that's that's one of the reasons why I actually like Casey. <laughs> they don't have a big game coming up. Um, they they just, I mean, Mahomes is just magical, man. We saw it against your Bills and just, I, I don't see, Fangio doesn't get blown out, right? That's kind of the only thing. I've seen them in Chicago and, and even this year, they've played some really good teams. They barely lost those Steelers and Titans, right? Um, but I don't know. I just don't see, don't think they have enough offense to keep up Casey in the spot. Yep. I agree. Uh, next one is another kind of iffy game Jags at the chargers seven and a half is the spread here. Chargers are the favorite. Anything gun in my head, I'd probably take the Jags just cause I don't think the chargers should be that big of a favorite against anybody. This line was bet opened at nine. Now it's down to seven and a half. So uh, yeah, gun to my head, Chargers, nah, no, Jags would be the pick, but I am not going to be betting this game. So anything you got in this one? No, I mean, I love the Chargers, right? I love them as dogs, though. It's hard to flip from like seven and a half point dogs every week to like seven and a half point favorites. I just don't, I think that's way too many points with a rookie quarterback as bad as the Jags have been. So I'll probably skip this game. I know John always yells at us when we say we're not going to skip it, but uh, I just don't know how we can lay seven and a half. To me, it's like Jags or skip. Agreed. Uh, Next up, Tampa Bay, Sunday night football. They are minus four heading out to the desert of Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Minus four is the spread here for the Bucs. See some three and a halves out there. Mm, Man, Raiders coming off of a bye kind of like it um tampa bay man they just came off a huge win against the packers last week now they got to go all the way across country play a non-conference road game but they don't really i mean they're playing on sunday night football so it's it's not like you can look ahead or kind of skip over this one yeah but coming off such a big win Getting four points at home, I'd probably lean the Raiders, but it's not something I'd be very comfortable with. So, I don't know. I feel like the Sunday night games this year have gone in favor of the books a lot of the time. So maybe it's true mm-hmm. for the the Bucks to kind of pull through and get the public a win on Sunday night football. But what are you seeing with the action? The action is uh, a lot of Tampa Bay. It's changed. So I don't know if you saw yesterday, but like the whole Raiders line got sent home because of COVID. And That's why I, I was. I'm looking at. I see these like not available for the percentages. Yeah, so and then Trent Brown is out. They think, and so that's why. So the line jumped from like two and a half to like four in most books, and some books even 
have it right now that it's out like it's offline right now so the it's so it changed a lot to your point it's like it was like 55 percent tampa bay so it wasn't like all tampa bay but now because of that now it's like 65 percent tampa bay but money 70 percent of the money is also on tampa bay so everything that you pointed out is exactly why i would love taking the raiders in this spot normally but their old line like tampa bay's defense is legit man i've seen it in person against the bears and i saw it against green bay last week and now you got david carr going up with second string old lineman i think it's going to be a long day for him so that's why i'm going to wait to see what happens i did bet it as soon as it like this news came out i had two and a half in my book so i actually took tampa bay minus two and a half now again who knows where it's going to settle who knows if they'll actually like take my action you know how everything is but um, so I did bet Tampa Bay at two and a half, just cause I feel like this line was going to go up, but in a normal season, this would definitely be like a Raiders pick for me. That is a very good point that all the, wow. I didn't even think that all these guys were sent home. I thought it was just Trent Brown, man. If, oh, this game might not even get played then. Huh? Yeah. Cause Gruden, I mean, literally I, if you see it yesterday, he was like, yeah, they sent Trent Brown, but then he was more like, you know, these are the guys that have all been next to him and I'm sending them all home. And then who knows how much, you know, again, we, we tape this kind of early. So we'll, I'm sure later today, uh, we'll find out a lot more when it comes to like all these tests for all these teams. We talked about Panthers, uh, this game, we'll find out more, but as of now, it's not looking good. Maybe that Jets Bills barn burner will get flexed in the Sunday night football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, nah, just kidding. Uh, all right, so we'll kind of hold off on that. Vic and I kind of lean the same way. The Raiders a little bit, but he's also got the bet on the puck. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how the COVID situation plays out down there. Next up, your Chicago Bears are getting no love, no respect against the Los Angeles Rams. I just realized there are two games in Los Angeles this week. Uh, they are plus six in L.A. against the Rams. Majority of the money coming in on the Rams, too. A lot of people still love this Rams team, even if they get smacked on Sunday night football against the 49ers. So Vic, it's your squad. You go first on this one. Who you like in this spot? Yeah. I, I like the bears at six and a half. Now it's down to six. Um, I know John loves the Rams and it is a fishy line, right? You, you got Rams coming off of a bad loss against a, a five and one bear squad, but yet the line's almost a touchdown. Um, I don't know the public split. It's literally 52% Rams, 65% of the money looks like on the Rams right now as well. But the only thing that in a normal like scenario, I would take the Rams just cause again, I know what John's thinking. It's a fishy line off of a loss at home spotlight on turf where they have the more athletic, faster squad on offense, but Jared Goff against this Bears squad, he has not done well. I don't know if you remember the game a couple of years ago on Sunday night football. And then there was another game, but his numbers against this bears defense is are really, really bad. I think this is going to be a barn burner, like 16 to 13 type game, like an absolute slug fest, boring kind of game. So I lean taking the bears just cause I, I, I see, both of these teams just not being able to score points. So usually when I think a game is going to go 
under like that, I like taking almost a touchdown, no matter who the dog is. So it doesn't matter to me that it's the Bears. The only thing that I will say that the Rams have going for them is I think Aaron Donald's going to literally have a feast. Like he might kill Nick Foles. Like we might see Mitch <laughs> Trubisky in this game. Like our O-line is so, so bad. I, I think that's the one thing that keeps getting like brushed under because of how good this defense has been. But the Bears offensive line is just terrible. Teams are getting penetration. That's why, you know, you look at the running game and, and the stats are horrendous and Montgomery's not getting a lot of carries because every time he gets the ball, as soon as he gets ha the handoff, you got three guys about to hit him. So Nick Foles, this is going to come down to like, can Nick Foles survive this game? And can he like run the offense and, and call some audibles and maybe they double triple team Donald and just take their, their shot. So I know John's on the Rams. I like the bears getting the points just because of my like under and slash getting a touchdown theory. So you break the tie. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you. Um, actually just because I remember that Sunday night game when Jared Goff just looked horrible. And that was the first thing that popped into my head when I saw this line, I was like, man, I mean, the bears defense is still pretty solid and, I actually think that the Rams back then, their offense was better than it is now. So it was, uh, you know, I'm all over the bears getting six points in this spot here. And I think, you know, the, the bears have covered some numbers for us this year. And I think we're going to get another one here in this spot here, uh, getting the six points. I don't, I just, they're, they're getting disrespected a lot of the time. I don't think, um, I, I think they're better as a dog than they are as like a yeah. favorite when they were coming in last year. Uh, you know, everyone kind of had the high expectations for them, but you know, two years ago, they snuck up on everybody They played really well. And I think that's kind of how they're playing this year. I don't think this team is as good as they were two years ago, but uh, you know, I think this, they're, they're still pretty solid. They're kind of like a better version of Carolina, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. They where... So their numbers are defensively are actually better than they were two years ago. I know that's wow. because that, that squad was getting a lot of breaks, but like, we've had a few turnovers get called back, like a few pick sixes get called back. Um, but I understand why they're getting kind of underrated when it comes to metrics and stuff, right? Like when, when you look at like, they're getting lucky fumble recoveries, like on their offense, right? Like some of that's got to regress to where it goes to the defense and their offense is bottom five in every single category. But like Nick Foles said is like, would you rather be like five and one with room for improvement and working on some of those things? Or would you rather be like, you know, one in five, but you're scoring 30 a game, right? So, I mean, in the NFL with the extra playoff spot, you take all the wins you can get, but this next three game stretch is going to be rough. Like it's Rams, Saints, Titans. So I think they're going to be seven point dogs probably for all three of those games, right? Yeah, so that is tough. It'll be fun. So last thing I'll leave you with Jared Goff's numbers in two career games against the Bears, 50% completion rate, 353 total yards, zero touchdowns, five interceptions, 44 and a half passer rating. So it's uh, definitely not been good. And that's again, why I think this game is going to be like a very, very low scoring, boring game. I agree. And that's why when those situations come upon us, we go with the points. So, all right, now we get to the final part of the show where we talk about our picks of the week. So I'll go first. I already said, kind of hinted at who mine was. I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals plus the three and a half as my pick of the week. Uh, John, did he, he made his executive decision. Was it the Rams? 
He did send his pick. Uh, let's take a look. I said, pick one, John, because he loved the Pats and the Rams, and he went with the Rams. So uh, I Oops. see it at six. So for the audience, we'll go Rams minus six for John. And then for me, I like the Panthers getting seven, seven and a half. Um, there's a bunch of seven and a halfs out there. So I'll take the hook because that's what I bet it at as well. Um, but I do like it at seven as well. So it'll be interesting again to see what happens today with the kicker and the old lineman. But I think they'll be fine. Um, so I like the Patriots. I think, I mean, sorry, the Panthers, because I think that we're getting really good value on a, on a team that doesn't get blown out. And Teddy B as a dog always does well. And this year's Saints squad has just not impressed me that much. So I'll go with them. And then we got to drop a teaser. Yeah. You... I already know my squad. Well, I don't what's know if... like? I'll let you go first. I am taking the Steelers from one all the way up to seven. Nice. Okay. That is something I like. And I see, I don't do a lot of teasers and I know John's going to like harp on this one. Cause I'm like putting all my eggs in one basket, but like, <laughs> I like getting Carolina at like 13 and a half. Like uh, is our teases six and a half point teases or six point teasers? Six. Okay. Six. So like I'm getting them at 13 and a half. So I don't see how they get blown out in this game. And I don't know if John's going to hate me uh, for picking a double loser if this doesn't play out, but I'll go with the Panthers in the teas too. I like it. So we got the, Panthers plus 13 and a half along with the Steelers plus seven is our dip. And then our picks of the week is John's going with the Rams minus six. I'm going with the Cardinals plus three and a half. And then Vic is double dipping with the Panthers at plus seven and a half for his pick. So week seven is coming upon us. And then uh, we'll be back next week for week eight. And hopefully we continue the, the streak we've been kind of going on here. Yup. It's been a good season. Thank you all for listening to us as always. Make sure you tweet us at the syndicates pod on Twitter. We love our fans that send us like messages, DMS. Uh, so thank you all for listening and, and good luck this weekend. All right. Best of luck, everybody.